The Lakers were in town on Sunday night, and while they've mostly struggled this season, there's always excitement in the air when LeBron James faces his former team. Miami looked absolutely dominant for most of the game, but the Lakers kept it close in the fourth until some clutch shooting and big-time defense sealed the win for the Heat. We'll break it all down, give you our player grades, and much more coming up next. You are locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Monday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening on YouTube Odyssey or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Romil, and with me, as always, is Wes Goldberg coming to you live, or sort of live, from the FTX <laughs> Arena. After a tough loss on Friday in Atlanta, the Heat were looking to bounce back versus the Lakers. They're still without Kyle Lowry, who's out due to personal reasons, and Tyler Hero, who continues to be in health and safety protocols, but hopefully should return soon. Miami looked incredible for three quarters. The ball movement was unbelievable, and Heat players were knocking down their shots, shooting nearly 53% overall and making half their three-point attempts. They entered the fourth quarter up by 19. West, what did you think about that incredible offense early on? Yeah, I mean, the stat that jumps out is 31 assists on 40 made field goals for the game, and the ball movement was excellent, and they just seemed so organized and so uh sure of what it is that they wanted to do offensively they wanted to stretch out the lakers defense and make that lakers defense make decisions uh decisions that they don't really want to make they're kind of lazy and uh and it really worked i thought in those first three quarters and that's what i thought they got away from in the fourth quarter miami just didn't look so sure of themselves uh toward the end and that's why the lakers made the run yeah, and look, they looked as good as they have all season. Uh, even without Tyler, their best bucket getter, and Kyle, their best assist player, you know, playmaker. So I, I think it was pretty impressive that they were able to get to that point. And they needed every one of those points because they, the lead actually got up to 23 with eight and a half left in uh, before the wheels started to come off for the Heat. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers would go on a 28-10 to 10 run. Miami's defense, which had been sharp with their rotations and their help all game long, Suddenly, it was a step too slow, and nearly every play seemed like they were getting a foul call going against them. Bam Adebayo actually picked up his fifth foul late in the game and was forced to sit out. Gabe Vincent was brought in for a very smallish lineup uh, for Eric Spolster there with two uh, minutes left in the game, and Miami's lead down to eight. LeBron James was called for an offensive foul after laying the ball in and knocking Vincent down to the ground, but the Lakers used their coach's challenge, and the call was inexplicably overturned giving James the basket and the foul Mm. to cut the lead to five. Uh, Just seconds later, Bam was called for an offensive foul and was done for the game. That was an even, I think, sketchier call, to be honest with you. It seemed like he did hook Avery Bradley, former Heat player Avery Bradley. He got him. He got him. I mean, I was right right on top of it because the Heat were playing on on our side at that point. He got – that hook got him. I mean, at first I thought I was with you, but, yeah, I thought that was the right call. It seemed like he, he may have flopped a little bit. He's oversold. It was a little weak. No, yeah, no yeah. doubt. It was a little weak. But I, I, it wasn't. It wasn't as if it was. You know, I understand if the ref wanted to call it. Right. So with they Bam out again. Yeah, no, no doubt. With Bam out, LeBron would score, cut Miami's lead to four, and Jimmy Butler, who finished the game with a triple-double, would miss two shots on two separate occasions. P.J. Tucker would grab a rebound off one of those missed shots with nine seconds left in the corner and was called for a travel 
But Caleb Martin, who had entered the game for Bam, intercepted a pass with seven seconds left, would race down court to put Miami up six and to seal the game for the Heat. A 113-107 finish. Miami's record improves to 30-17 and 17 overall. After the game, Wes, Eric Spolstra, Jimmy, Bam, were all asked about the Heat holding on for a win, whether it was a good win or if there were concerns with how Miami fell apart towards the end. All of them saying it was absolutely a good win, even though there were things to learn from the occasion. Are you buying it, or do you think Miami got lucky tonight and almost let one slip away? I always like a little buy or sell segment early in the show, but I'm buying it. I, I think this was a good win. Look, I, I I think fans in general get too stuck on, oh, my God, we were winning by 20-something points, and we should have won by 20-something points at the end. Yeah. A win's a win, and I really do believe that. Uh, the Lakers, I know that they're disappointing, and sometimes they stink, and they looked awful in those first three quarters, but they still have LeBron. And LeBron yep. was awesome, 33 points for him on 22 made field goals. Did everything that we know LeBron to be able to do in that fourth quarter, just get to the basket at will and make things happen. And that's what he was doing. He turned it on, basically. He turned the boosters on, and they made as much of a run as possible. I give credit to Miami for finding a way to to, to hang on and get that win. Judge this game by the first, whatever, 40 minutes and not by the last eight. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I just... I. I'm really not one of these guys that's like, oh, my God, you blew it, so it doesn't count as much. No, it counts yeah. just as much as a 23-point win. <laughs> exactly. I look, it's a little nerve-wracking, to your point. Uh, it's kind of tough to see them have a 23-point lead and then somewhat squander it, but there were a lot of factors, like you said, LeBron going nuclear, getting a lot of calls going in the Lakers' favor, the Heat playing not nearly as well, their shooting not nearly falling down, losing a little bit of momentum with those foul yeah. calls, and then bam, I thought getting Jimmy had the best the uh, take on this whole thing after, yeah. after the game he was asked about. It, he said, look, when we're making a lot of shots the way that they were, I mean, they shot 45.5% from three tonight. When we're making yeah. a lot of shots, we tend to relax a little bit on defense. But when we're not making shots, we even get worse on defense. And so it's kind of like towing that line, right, of maybe not making so many of your shots. I mean, really what it is is staying engaged. But I thought the Lakers – like Miami stopped making shots at the end. Yeah. Um, and the Lakers took advantage of that. They scored – how many fast break points was it? 16 fast break points. Yeah. Um, I actually thought it was more than that uh, to Miami's nine. The Lakers had 14 second chance points to the My to Miami's two. That's really why my the the Lakers were able to get back into it at the end. And also offensively, I thought it wasn't just not making shots, but what I said so early in the game, it looked like the Heat were so sure of what they wanted to do. They were they were just destroy they were picking the Lakers defense apart because they yeah. knew exactly where they wanted to go with the ball. And then later in the game, for some reason, I don't I, I still don't know what it is, and maybe this is something they can go over and film, but they just seemed unsure of what they wanted to do. Do we want to do the bam post up that leads to a Duncan Robinson three? Do we want to try to find PJ in the corner? Do we want to get Jimmy Butler going downhill? That was kind of the bread and butter for so much of the, of, of the first part of that game. And then they just sort of kind of didn't know what they wanted to do anymore in the fourth right. quarter. I don't know if that's too yeah. simple. But that's kind of what 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 struck me. Yeah, I know. I kind of felt that way too. Uh, and also, you have to give credit to the Lakers. Maybe not a particularly great team, but they inserted Stanley Johnson. Just as he has been for a lot of the last few games, he's inserted some energy for a team that looks mm -hmm. mostly out of it. Uh, Westbrook, not a great defender, obviously. So he gets taken out of the game. Johnson comes in, makes some plays for them. Just adds a little bit difference, a little bit more physicality, a little bit more. Uh, I just you are always a Stanley read. Johnson guy. 
No, I thought, look, he had all the tools, right, when he came out of Arizona. Yeah. And I, I know we, we years ago we talked about it in a pre-draft uh, episode. We, you know, we thought he was not going to be there at tenth, so we kind of disregarded that, and then we wound up getting Justice Winslow anyway. So right. that was a uh, that was an interesting draft. But uh, you know, Johnson, I think, makes some plays for them, and they were able to anticipate the timing of Miami's sharp passing yeah. late in the fourth quarter too. So we were able to disrupt what the Heat did well. But a win's a win. I think to my question earlier, I think it could be both. It could be both a good win even though they blew the loss and also a learning opportunity. I think that's a right. great thing for the Heat. They recognize that. They understand it. And now they move on. They go on and they have a couple of days off before they take on the Knicks on Wednesday. So yeah. it's a good win. Again, the 30th win of the season, uh, the second team in the Eastern Conference to do so. Right now, currently, as we're recording this, still second or tied for first with Brooklyn, who is down right. to Minnesota in this game. So the Bulls lost uh, a bad game. They obviously will be without Alex Caruso. They're already without Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. So it looks like this three-team race, and maybe with the Bucks mixed in there as well, is going to play out in Miami's favor. But uh, a good win. Another opportunity to knock off LeBron James here at home. Uh, he was getting a little feisty there. You know, he was ha- playing to the crowd as he often does. Uh, yeah. Hold- holding up six fingers when Bam picked up his foul. Like, that's that's yeah, classic yeah. spicy LeBron there. And it really gets under yeah. Yeah. After the dunk, kind of doing the chest banging thing, even though they were down twenty when he was doing it, uh, nice got thing. into it with Gabe Vincent. Was trash talking Gabe Vincent at the end yeah. quite a bit, and like them. you could yeah. tell that Gabe was getting under his skin a little bit. Um, yeah. Can I just say another? Uh, speaking of former Heat players, I know they're yeah. starting Trevor Ariza, but oh boy, like zero points on over five shooting, not good in fifteen minutes. Uh, it just didn't work. I mean, you know, you mentioned Stanley Johnson giving them a bump. Taylor Horton Tucker, it was a little rough for him at first when he got into yeah. the game, but he gave him a bump late. Um, yeah. But Miami just goes deep. And I think this was the other thing to me was, you're right. Look, I think the, the Heat would are, are, are saying that this was a good win and it was a good learning lesson. It's not like you don't really learn much from winning by 20, but you could learn something from, you know, the late withstanding this Lakers run. I don't know yeah. if I buy that. I don't really know what you're learning from this other than, I don't know. LeBron James is still really freaking good. Like, I really don't know what, yeah. what you're learning from this, but you do hold on, which is a nice little, you know, notch in your belt in the terms of, you know, <laughs> overcoming adversity or whatever you want to talk yeah. about. Uh, but, um, you know, I just, with, Jimmy didn't really have to take over at the end. They just had so many options that they could go to late. They insert Caleb Martin for that really clutch steal and score at the end. They're getting key minutes from Max Struess. They're getting 42 minutes from Duncan Robinson. Like, this is a team. It just runs really deep, and I thought that that was also one of the things that I took away from this game is you look at so many guys on the Lakers who can't do diddly yep. squat, and yep. you, don't really have, you don't really have that problem on the heat, right? Like yep. everybody's bringing something to the table. Absolutely. Even Dwayne Dedman, who's been so good of late, only yeah. played eight minutes. Uh, he, he wasn't really necessary. It was just a, a, a different Yeah, because they had to go small. Camp. That was the they other did, thing, right. too, is they, they had to go so, small so much. I thought this will be the interesting thing when, in, films, in film study, David, is, okay, what did we look like when we went small? And yeah. is that something that we can actually do with P.J. Tucker at the five for those kinds of minutes, especially with Bam in foul trouble? That's going to be something that's going to be maybe the biggest takeaway from this game. I can already see half our comments calling for more Omer Yurtsev in minutes because, you know, to, to challenge LeBron going small, the Lakers going small, you go with yeah, you go with the big seven. Sure, with the double there. big lineup. Likely would have dominated. But, you know, the real story was Jimmy Butler, who made a little bit of franchise history. We'll talk about him and his incredible performance in the next segment when we give out our player grades. But first, a reminder that a sponsor of this show is none other than Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. 
Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. As companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. You could be next. Uh, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash NBA. Excuse me. It could save you thousands a year. But you know what else can save you? Time, money, calories. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. If you've got New Year's resolutions that include getting fit or eating healthier, then make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. It makes it easy to stick to those resolutions because they taste so good. You don't even know you're eating a protein bar, but you get all of the nutrients you might be looking for without any of the calorie concerns or fat or any of the, the things that you don't want that you might get in a candy bar, but you get all the great taste because they're soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate. Just so many great flavors. You can get a mix box with all of your favorites. And so many, again, that you can choose from. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order of Built Bars, but only if you go to Built.com. All right, boys and girls, it is time for some report cards. Let's get into our player grades. And the first one is going to Jimmy Butler, who Ooh. is getting – I don't have my usual props here since I'm at FTX Arena right now. Mm. He's getting an A, if you could see that on the screen. Why did you get Jimmy Bernie in the background or a cheerleader or something like that I'm, to help you really – Because I'm not in Bernie's locker room. I, I actually walked into Bernie's <laughs> locker room, and he was still changing. So ah. I wasn't allowed to use that. Yeah, that's perfect because we were actually asked after our most recent mailbag. I think somebody actually submitted a question. Have we ever seen Bernie without a mask? No. Uh, and to which, you know, well, not, well no, we probably have. We just didn't know it was Bernie. We are when we go to these games, we get here pretty early. I don't know what time Bernie like checks in like, uh, but we've probably seen Bernie just walking around as a civilian and not known it was Bernie. The correct answer is Bernie doesn't wear a mask. That's actually what he looks like. And that's why he's Bernie able to. Is, he's, yeah, that's why he's terrifying. such a great mascot. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. Um, right. <laughs> Jimmy Butler gets an A. Uh, you know, whatever the stat line is is worth reading. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. Okay, cool. Um, the big takeaway for me with Jimmy Butler is he surpassed LeBron James's triple-double record with the Miami Heat yep. tonight against LeBron James. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to say that Jimmy Butler planned it that way. No. Um, but it was a really nice little coincidence, right? That was yep. – um, and it just really speaks to a few different things, but to me, how much Jimmy Butler has been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time in Miami, right? It hasn't just been three seasons compared to LeBron's four. These are shortened seasons, right? A pandemic yeah. shortened season, a lot of adversity, one season where, you know, from one season to the next, he only had 71 days or whatever it was in between. And for him to be able to be that productive, and by the way, not as durable as LeBron was during that time. So even, you know, he's played in a, a fewer amount of games on average per season. So for him to do that just speaks to, I think, the completeness in his game. So usually we get the when we talk about player grades, we're sort of talking about a micro level. What did he do in this game? But I want to I want to zoom out on a macro level with what Jimmy Butler has been able to do. There is a completely a completeness to his game that is represented by that record. And he earns he, he's earned having that not just br breaking LeBron's record, but he had to break Dwayne Wade's record on his way to doing that, too. We know yeah. that Dwayne Wade was never like a, a huge rebound guy. He was a good rebounding guard. 
but he wasn't right. getting like 10, you know, double digits here and there. But right. um, for Jimmy to do that, I, I don't, I don't know if we want to, I think, you know, we could save the conversation of where he ranks and, 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 heat hierarchy all time like that's a whole he's separate up there. podcast that we could do sure. but he's certainly up there yeah no doubt uh I, i've always made the comparison uh after watching jimmy more closely than i ever did in minnesota philadelphia or chicago yeah. and seeing his impact on this team and his role just his ability to just gauge what the game needed from him and to be able to shift in between quarters and halves from playmaker jimmy like he did today to scoring big time jimmy at least early on over the last couple of years today his scoring mm-hmm. wasn't as well, he didn't have the same punch as he has in the past, but that offense looks so fluid with him. And we had talked about how they would incorporate Bam and Jimmy. You asked Bam whether or not the offense had changed. Bam said, no, the offense hasn't. With Jimmy there, we were co- curious to see whether or not he would hold on the ball, maybe stagnate the offense to some degree. He shifted almost impeccably right into playmaker mode to help keep that ball movement so crisp. Everybody's knocking down shots. The ball was just constantly moving. If you missed yeah. tonight's game, and you know what? I totally understand it because you get everything you need out of this recap. Go and watch that first half. That was absolutely beautiful basketball. As good as yeah. everybody talks about the Spurs of 2014 or those Hawks teams from 2015 or whatever, this Heat team was just moving the ball. Everything was so crisp. Everybody was getting a touch, knocking down shots. It was absolutely fantastic to watch. Yeah, and they're getting, they're going on another level here too of communication and chemistry and just knowing what it is that they want to be doing because there was an instance yeah. right um, in front of where we were sitting on, on Media Row where um, Jimmy Butler get you know sort of motions to Bam Adebayo to come up into the low post right. so he could get the entry pass into that low post and Jimmy makes this kind of like hand twirl motion right almost like what a coach's challenge kind of does um, yeah. kind of similar motion. And Bam and Jimmy knew exactly what that was as soon as Jimmy makes that motion. So he th- he throws the entry pass into Bam into that l- little low post area and then immediately kind of wraps around, sets a screen on Bam's guy. Bam goes around Jimmy's screen from the low post and then gets into the paint, gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. And it's just that sort of thing. If you thought that all of a sudden Jimmy and Bam were going to come back and just hoist up mid-range shots and try to look like Kobe 2.0 out there, uh, yeah. Apparently you were wrong because they they are as good of a ball. And it was kind of a silly thing to think about. Yeah, they want to shoot mid-range shots, but they're also really unselfish players. And Miami, yeah, they didn't jack up 43s tonight, but they took 33 and they, they hit 45.5% of them. And a lot of yeah. that was because of that that dribble drive penetration, that being able to kick out to shooters from every, everything sort of started with Jimmy and Bam, especially on a night without Kyle, like you mentioned. Um, that ball movement is there. That ball movement yeah. is there. And look, we should um, mention right. we, we, we're not going to yeah. shed any light on Bam's big stats because you know he, he did struggle a little bit with fouls in the fourth quarter, but he yeah. also had five assists. He had fourteen points yeah. and six of ten shooting, uh, seven, eight rebounds. Great night from him playing defense. And look, we it was reported earlier today that he was still struggling with his conditioning after being out for almost fifty days. That's to be expected. If he's playing this good, and he, as he has been over the last few games since his return, and that's at half his conditioning level, he's only going to continue yeah. to get better over the course of the season. But anyway, let's move yeah, on. Who's next on your 33 minutes for Bam, and you mentioned the yep. fouls there. That's that's one of those sort of earmarkers that you could look at it to see a player's conditioning because then they get caught reaching instead of you know right. using their feet and whatever. Uh, Duncan right. Robinson, you mentioned the assists there. And this is what yep. I want to talk about with Duncan. He actually had the fewest amount of assists in that starting lineup. He only had three, but you consider that with Duncan Robinson, that's quite a bit. And I think he's had three in the last two games now. And he, and I thought Eric Spolstra said something really interesting about Duncan Robinson after the game is that uh, Anthony Chang from the Miami Herald asked Spo about it. 
Uh, and Spo basically about Duncan Robinson's passing. And Spo basically said it's a necessity. He's had to learn yeah. to pass because the scattering report on him basically says trap him when he comes off of those screens and he doesn't really know how to get out of those situations. It seems to, that he's figuring it out. He also got to the basket a few times. He had, uh, what was it, uh, 11 three-point attempts, 13 field goal attempts overall. So he's starting to get to the basket a little bit more um, and, and things like that. So I thought it was a good game. But the biggest thing with Duncan Robinson, David, is the shooting slump is over again. <laughs> that little mini slump he was in is over. He's been awesome the last three games. 14 of 29 from three-point range, shooting 48.3% from three-point range in the last three games, a total of 53 points in the last three games. And you might be wondering, what was the genesis of this breaking out of this shooting slump? Oh. I'll tell you what it is, David. Don't do it. Don't the do resurrection it. of the long oh. shot pod. You did it. The, ever since they resumed the long shot pod, Duncan Robinson's slump has been over. And this oh. is not – I think this is a real thing. I think this no. is a real thing because – yeah. I've been saying this to you all along. Duncan Robinson has to stop acting like he's in a slump. He he obviously took he obviously took a break, a little sabbatical from the long shot pod so they could focus on breaking out of the slump because the optics of doing a podcast while you're in a shooting slump are no good. Could you imagine yeah. Heat fans if he was publishing an episode a week while in a shooting yeah. slump? Oh my god, they would have torched his home or something. But uh, yeah. I always thought, hey, just <laughs> just just act like you're you're not in the slump. Just ignore just just keep to, living your life as if there is no slump because you know you're a great shooter and you're going to work your way out of it. They started they resumed the long shot pod. I don't know, maybe the advertisers were banging on their door saying, "Hey, you got to do some shows for us." They but for whatever reason they resumed the podcast and Duncan Robinson has been shooting awesome. I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but I can see where you're getting at there. Uh, I really don't. Of, this isn't I mean, a bit. Like, I really believe this. Like, look, he's getting to back to normalcy. It's like, oh, I was doing this for the last year and change or whatever. I've, I've got to continue to get into that flow of things. Stop thinking about how much I'm missing and just start exactly. living my life the way I had before. I could see it. Look, it's uh, again, maybe he's, it's he's not podcast necessarily. Yeah. Stop doing media interviews so much and stuff. I was like, hey, just get out, do the media, do your podcast, do whatever else you do for fun, play video games. I don't know what he does for fun other than the podcast. Like, just do that stuff, live your life. The slump will go, the slump will go away. Um, last one is Caleb Martin. He also gets an A. Uh, he was awesome. I just I just thought Caleb Martin was awesome tonight. 15 points, uh, and they were all very needed, especially Eric Spolstra inserting him into that last uh, real possession of the game there, a defensive possession for Miami. He gets that steal and the score that seals the win. All of that is why you have that's, – that's, that was Caleb Martin sort of in a nutshell, is that just instant energy. I tweeted that he just goes from 0 to 100 real quick. And yeah. that's sort of what you rely on if you're Eric Spolster, just knowing he can come in. And it just sort of felt like they needed somebody to just force something to happen because so much of what was – nothing was happening for Miami for so much of that fourth quarter, which is why the Lakers were able to make the run. And I thought, hey, maybe you could have played Caleb Martin more down the stretch. I don't know. I don't know who you would have taken out, but they put him in at the right time. He made the game the game sort of ceiling play. Yeah, great game from him. Uh, I mean, maybe a little – not necessarily quiet, just uh, he had his moments, as he yeah. always does. But in 23 minutes, incredible impact from him. Coming off the heels of a report, I think, from the Sun-Sentinel that uh, Caleb Martin might command somewhere around $44 million next year. I mean, as a free agent, I know we just recently asked uh, and answered how Miami might be able to keep Martin uh, as a free agent this summer. So a lot of fans might have read that and been a little concerned. I'm not sure that number seems... A little high. I think you mentioned specifically that you didn't think he would command over $10 million per year, but we'll see how he does. He continues to make an impact on games, and, and certainly tonight was that was the case as well. So 
anyway, we'll talk a little bit about the Heat uh, and the Lakers, a contrasting style, at least for most of the game, the way they approached it in terms of their urgency and much, much more when we come up next. But first, just let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online, where they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. A lot of action taking place in the NFL over the weekend. Hopefully, you made a lot of money on that because Bet Online remains the number one spot. For all your best sports wagering action for 2022, a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started from football to basketball to hockey to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is on Thursday, February 10th, just a few weeks away at 3 p.m. And Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. So join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. How does Wes, John Corrales keep getting these assignments? What does he know about no trades? Idea. Nothing. All he knows nothing. is losing trades. He covers the Celtics. All he knows is about losing trades. And getting this close to actually making that trade a reality. I mean, I don't know why yeah, he's qualified he to talk. Yeah, yeah. Trader Danny Ainge, who doesn't actually make trades, is no longer there. I don't know. Maybe oh, Trader Brad, and, President Brad Stevens. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he's a better general manager than he is a coach. Uh, Marcus that's Smart coming to Miami. That's that's uh, the suggestion that you had. Uh, I don't know. Look, we're wrapping up today's episode. A good win, I think. Just a good feel-good win for the Heat because that tough loss against the Hawks on Friday, and they've been winning so much lately. But against the Lakers, a team that seems like they've been struggling yeah. of late, I know you wanted to talk about the the contrast of approaches there, because especially, look, and we talked about this third segment before the Heat had their mini collapse, so to speak, here. But the the sense of urgency with which the Lakers play, uh, it's just, it doesn't seem evident. And look, LeBron does what LeBron does. And maybe this is just a manifestation, as we've seen from him in so many different years and different uniforms, just not necessarily caring about the regular season, just another game mm-hmm. in January, et cetera. But they just don't seem like they have it, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think it is just giving a bleep. Like they just, they just <laughs> clearly don't. Like, I, I don't. I just. It was an interesting game from a body language perspective because um, where I was sitting was basically, you know, where the media sit, top of the lower bowl, but behind the Lakers bench. I was a little bit more far right than we usually are, David. And so I was yeah. like right, right behind the Lakers bench, um, as opposed to kind of the fifty-yard line where we usually are, and. Um, I was just, I had this bird's eye view on, you know, LeBron coming in and out of the bench, kind of interacting with teammates, the interactions with Frank Vogel, who's reportedly on the hot seat with David Fisdale and kind of the unfairly, he was unfairly on the hot seat. And I just, I don't know. There's just so much of that game. They just don't play. They just, the body language isn't any good. And then you look at the product on the court and I, you, we mentioned Miami moving with purpose, the ball movement, the off ball movement, the player movement, all this stuff. Like they're always every player, all five guys for the heat just seem to know what they're doing for the most part. Like I said, other than those the last eight or nine minutes, but who cares? Like for the most of the game, they had 
an idea. They had a mission statement. They knew what they wanted to do. And with the Lakers, I'm not really sure what they want to do. I don't think they know what they want to do. It's just it's it's LeBron just sort of dictating, like, kind of calling for people to do stuff. Uh, it's a lot of guys just standing around defensively. There's just sort of like barely laissez-faire kind of attitude. There was an instance yeah. in the first quarter where you, now you can't even chalk it up to tired legs or conditioning, like where Russell Westbrook got the ball. Like it was like kind of a swing, swing, and then Russell Westbrook was going to swing it to the corner. So I think it was Avery Bradley in the corner who's wide open, wide open. Yeah. Avery Bradley. Yeah. Westbrook gets the ball and just sort of like flips it, like like a slow flip to Avery Bradley. And but and because he was so slow to do it, Miami had a, a plenty of time to close out, and Avery Bradley didn't get couldn't get a good shot off where he was wide open. Had Russell Westbrook just pinged that ball with force with both hands and just kept it going, I don't know if Avery Bradley would have made it, but it would have been a wide open shot. And it was just stuff like that. I'm like, why do you guys? Why is Russell Westbrook out here acting like he's already won a championship? Because he hasn't. Uh, and I thought that was the yeah. whole point. And you got all these players like LeBron. You wanted to team up with all these 36 year olds because they ostensibly knew what to do. They they were experienced. They have wisdom in the NBA. You don't have to tell them what to do like you would another young team like you did early on in Cleveland and maybe even early on with the Lakers. But it didn't seem like any of these veterans knew what to do. Right. And, and so because you have LeBron playing quarterback, I thought the whole point of all of this was that he didn't have to tell people what to do anymore because you had a bunch of vets who knew how to win at the NBA level and, and knew how to execute an offense. And I don't know, maybe it is a little bit of coaching. Maybe it is just sort of a, a player leadership or leadership in general. I don't know. But it was hard to watch, quite honestly. And obviously, I, we're doing the heat show side of it. And we want but but I just couldn't. There is so much to dig into with this Lakers team. It is. Yeah. It is a mess. I know they came back. I don't care. That is a mess. I, I, I almost feel like, and I know this is a scorching hot take here, I almost feel like LeBron just doesn't care anymore. Like he might be just checked out on the idea of the regular season, and he's just going to put up his big numbers. He's going to showcase and, and, and showboat in front of the cameras. He's going to flex. He's going to put up big numbers because, well, he's just that damn good, unfortunately, yeah. for uh, Heat fans. And, and so when it comes to the the building of a team, what their goals are, it doesn't matter to him anymore. It doesn't matter if it's 40 wins or 60 wins. He's accomplished so much already in year 19. He's won his four titles with every team that he's played for, etc. That at this point, I just don't think he cares. So maybe, you know, this is a knock on the Lakers. But on the flip side of that, I wonder, do you think the Heat care too much about the regular season? That seems like it would be the natural kind of question to stem from that. And I have to say, no. I know from a fan perspective, you certainly want to watch this team perform on a nightly basis to give a damn, to try their hardest, to always continue to work and claw and scratch and just do whatever it is that heat culture calls for them to do. So I, I think maybe it could lead to some burnout, but not really. I, I think these players, right. this team, this this whole franchise knows exactly how to pace themselves and, and continue to say, as Eric Spolstra has, has, so has, often has throughout the course of his tenure here, just you want to keep getting better during the course of the regular season. That's what it's there for. Right. You want to build. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to ask you this, though, because I know you had an exchange with friend of the program, Rowan Nadkarni, about the half-court offense, and he seems like he had some concerns. He mentioned yeah. this uh, them on this show what is it that you think they need to tighten up, and are you concerned about it as much as Rowan is? Uh, Rowan was talking more like big scale, like what it looks like in the postseason. For me tonight, I just thought they missed Tyler Hero in the fourth quarter. They just missed it. Yeah. Like, when I say like you're not really sure of what to do, Tyler Hero is always sure of what he wants to do. He wants to shoot the ball. And I thought they <laughs> needed that sort of irrational confidence that Tyler Hero brings to the table. Uh, I yeah. thought that's what they needed. And I think that's what's going to help them is in that half court, in those half court sets. 
Tyler Hero is the best on this team at creating his own shot. And I oh, thought they sure. really missed that. And yeah, does he struggle with length sometimes? He has. He got shut down in that Milwaukee series because they put length on him. But we've seen this year, he's a much different and better player now than he was last year. Now, I don't know that that just erases all problems with length, but we've seen at times him getting better. Like he struggled with Golden State's length in that in that on that road trip and then came back and then um played some other longer teams pretty well. So it's something that he's getting better at. So I'm not that concerned. As far as um playing to look, you need to build something during the regular season. And with so many new players, not just Lowry and PJ Tucker, but Max Struess and Gabe Vincent getting actual yeah. meaningful minutes. Like they're kind of new to the rotation. You have a lot of new players involved. You need to figure out that chemistry. What are you doing? How do you want to uh, interact and build that chemistry on the court? And that's something, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the problem with the Lakers are, but if they don't care about doing that, I don't know that you can just flip that switch in the postseason. LeBron can. We know LeBron can. But it's going to take more than just LeBron. Uh, I don't even know if Anthony Davis can. Anthony Davis has had bubble-like playoffs where he's been amazing, and he's had other playoffs where he doesn't look very good. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Anthony Davis can flip the switch. So with the Heat, not that concerned. As far as burnout, don't worry about it. We're seeing Kyle. We're seeing Kyle Lowry get a little break right now. You know, he's out for personal oh, reasons. We don't really know what the nature of those reasons are, but Spo right. is certainly not rushing him back by any means. So right. um, he'll give guys breaks when they need them, and they're building something. And I'll tell you this: like those hand motions that I was talking about earlier, David, we yeah. weren't seeing that earlier in the season. They're getting better. The chemistry is getting better. So that's yeah. that's something that's meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. And look, with that depth that they've been building slowly over the course of the year, the chances of burnout seem a lot less likely too. So many different players able to contribute yeah. on a nightly basis. This team gets another big win, improving their record to 30 and 17. When they take on the Lakers, I'm sorry, when they take on the Knicks in a few games, we'll be there, of course, to give you a recap. We'll have a couple episodes in between, though. So make sure you subscribe to Locked on Heat. Thank you again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe so you can get the show every day as soon as it comes out. Make sure to also check out Locked on on bets your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs this is david ramil signing off for now thanks so much for joining me wes wrap it up b